Hello, everyone, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That, that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, and we do this little show called Solid Steps. We've been doing it now for going on seven years, I think, uh, yeah, something like almost, that. Almost, yes. And, uh, depending on when you hear this, but uh, we, we love doing it, and it's a show for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective because, man, you're really good at sports, weather, and politics. We can all talk about those things. I like those things. I like talking about the game, but... There's things in life that matter more than the temporal, the things that we just see. The unseen is the most important part of us as men at the end of the day. And what we do for eternity is more important than what we do in the temporary. So that being said, we're not going to figure all of that out, but we are going to be, we want to be a tool in your toolbox, men, to say, hey, let's talk about the conversations that you may not be having that you want to. And so a lot of times we're just telling the story that God is writing in a man's life. And today we're going to talk to a gentleman who... He ate, literally, from the world's banquet table. What the table had to offer, he ate from. Now, I've got six sons in my house, and there's always somebody hungry in my home. (laughs) I cannot imagine, dude. (laughs) And there's never enough cereal and milk in my house. There's always somebody who wants something to eat. They have insatiable appetites, especially the bigger ones. It's almost like they're bottomless pits. Well, the world is a bottomless pit. You can keep eating and eating and eating from the world and never get what you really want. And today we're going to talk about a man who did eat from the world's table, but then he realized that God's tables has a lot more to offer him for his soul and for his life. And we're not just using a food metaphor here for uh, spiritual, but the man's a chef, so we want to hear what he has to say about that. <laughs> That's right. And you know what, Ch- Chad? I'm a little offended because he has a culinary arts degree, and he didn't bring any food this morning. Nothing. I mean, wow. I didn't eat anything this morning thinking <laughs> that we were going to have a coarse meal right here on the table. It's nothing but water. Uh, Let him explain himself. Yeah, Wes, you wanted us to fast today, didn't you? That's right. I'm really sorry I didn't bring anything. <laughs> Wes Sheffield, it's great to have you on the show. Praise God, man. Thank you for having me. So, gl- so glad to be here. It's, it's a joy to have you. Now, you know, Chad, we do need to pray for him because he graduated from Auburn. A war Eagle. Ooh. That's right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, SEC, well, we, well, SEC we, West foe. We will not hold that against you. <laughs> okay. um, it's great to have you. And so um, let's just jump right in. You, you uh, We'll get to the culinary arts thing in just a little bit and how God's using you and how he's changed you. But you grew, you, where'd you grow up? Down south where? Yeah, I was born in Gadsden, Alabama. Spent most of my life in Talladega, Alabama. So for you, for you NASCAR fans, you guys know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Were you a NASCAR junkie or what? You know, I wasn't. I've been a couple of times. It's a NASCAR's a lifestyle, man. It's a, it's a, it's a culture. So. <laughs> it is a culture. It was a, it, it's a way of life for sure. When I was in high school, they casted for Talladega Nights and, uh, I think about 10 minutes of that movie is actually in Talladega, so the rest of it was somewhere else. <laughs> well, Wes, our good friend Ronnie Cordray says, uh, you get the man, you get the family. That's and right. uh, that, that's, what, well, that's why we do this show, because we want to go after guys, because we just know that if you get a guy's heart changed, it it really is a, a catalyst to changing the whole family. Yeah. And so I want to go back to your childhood. Uh, you kind of grew up in a church Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think that's fair. Kind of kind of grew up in church, and it sounds a little vague. It sounds a little confusing, but that's it, it, I think that's a fair description. I kind of grew up in church. You know, being, being from Alabama, you know, it's, it's, very, um, it's very cultural. You know, you just sort of, you sort of 
you'd go to church but on Sunday because, you know, that's what you do on Sunday. And kind of a Bible Belt thing. Yeah, kind of a Bible Belt thing. You just, um, whether or not you really know what you're doing, you, you're just sort of going through the motions a little bit. And that's obviously not the case with everyone. Uh, there are there are genuine Christians in the South for sure. Um, but for me, it was just, it was always very surface. Um and that, and that's not to be any sort of, I mean, by any means, not a knock on my family at all. I come from a wonderful family, um, loving grandparents. Uh, my my mother, we, uh, my, my parents divorced when I was four, so I um, to to this moment, I, I haven't seen or spoken to my dad since 1997. Uh, so I was that was when I was ten. Um, but nonetheless, I grew up in a very good home, uh, very involved grandparents, very involved mom. She worked really hard. Um, so I never, I never lacked for, I never lacked for anything. Uh, even, even, um, you know, a, a, a male presence, uh, whether it was my grandfather, um, you know, my mom dated a guy for a long time and he was very much a father figure to me. So even, even though I had an absent father, um, I never lacked for anything, never lacked for a, for a, a male presence at all. Uh, but church, you know, faith specifically, it was, uh, like I said, very surface, you know, I sort of, um, you know, I would go with my grandparents because, you know, they took me along. Um, I didn't really know what I was hearing. It was very much, uh, you know, kids sitting in the back and I'm just there, you know, got the shoes are uncomfortable and I'm just ready to go home and, you know, eat or watch cartoons or whatever. So I didn't have, I didn't have any roots. Um, and I just went with them because, because I did, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. So faith was, uh, it was important, you know, we, 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 we certainly acknowledged God, you know, if you had asked me when I was a child or even, you know, further along into my teenage years, if you had said, hey, Wes, do you believe in God? Certainly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure, I do. You bet. But the way I lived my life loudly proclaimed otherwise, you know. When, when did you start what I would say behaviorally, uh, you know, patterns of, you know, going south um, spiritually? Yeah, I would say um, age 15, 16, you know, right about the time I got a car, you know, sort of the, the world came calling and I was, uh, and I was just doing worldly things. And it, it was, it was, it's difficult. And I, you know, I, I look, I look back on it with, with clarity because it's easy to see. It's easy to see now. But um, I mean, I was, I was a good boy. You know what I mean? I had a good relationship with my family. I made good grades. Um, I just, I did the things that good kids are supposed to do, you know? So I had sort of had this mask of, oh, he's a good kid, you know? But uh, when the world came calling, you know, like I said, about 15 or 16 years old, you start to... Uh, was it, ex- you were trying to, it was experimenting into that world or it just kind of just... Uh, not necessarily experimenting. I mean, it's not like, you know, I didn't crave, uh, you know, sinful, you know, alcohol or, you know, chasing after women. I mean, I didn't go after those things and, you know, not on purpose anyway, but it's just, it's kind of what everyone else was doing, you know, and he just sort of fell into it uh, without really, maybe even realizing it. Um, yeah. And I guess that's, I guess that's just the easiest way to say it. It just sort of happened. It sounds kind of silly. Did you well, have any, did you have any <clears throat> other guys in your life who were kind of saying, Hey, come along this road down, down this road with me? You don't have to name names, but was not not necessarily guys saying, "Hey, let's go," you know, "let's go make bad choices." Let's go, you know. But it's it was just, it was almost mindless. Like we didn't even uh, when you think about it, it was just it, just kind of slid into yeah, it. Yeah, you just kind of slide into it, and and you know, again, looking back with with a little more clarity, sin is like that. It's very subtle. You don't maybe don't even realize it's happening, and then it can be you know, a year or fifty years, and you're like, wow, 
how did I, you know, how, you know, how did I miss it? So, well, you know, the Bible is clear that sin is pleasurable. I mean, sure. it, yeah. I mean, it's not, the devil doesn't tempt us to do things that are, yeah. you know, that are, well, I mean, they can be unpleasant, you know, but there's all there's, sin, all sin starts out fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that, that's, that was you, yeah. you know, absolutely. You, so uh, fast forward now. You get done with high school and you go to Auburn University. Auburn, okay, <laughs> okay. And then and and what's happening there? So it's really just a pattern in my life. You know, it, it it had been you know starting about sixteen years old and into college. You know, I'm eighteen at this point. It had been a couple of years by that point of you know just kind of that excessive behavior, uh, drinking, uh, just kind of you know kind of the party kind of the party scene. Um, and that's just sort of the way it was. It was never, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not responsible, casual drinking. Like, Oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine. There's no 17, 18 year old doing that. It's just like, you know, six, nine, 12 beers. Let me just drink to see how much I can drink. You know, it was like being as wasted as possible was almost like a trophy, uh, like a trophy at that age. And it was just, it was fun. You know, like we mentioned, sin was fun. So, you know, me and my buddies are just cutting up and, uh, what it was it was just fun and i didn't have any no one ever said like maybe we maybe we shouldn't maybe we should be doing other things maybe we shouldn't be doing this um so it was we were all sort of snowballing together i suppose when you when you were at auburn did you did you have any church life at all zero zero yeah so um you know like i mentioned with my grandparents we would sort of go um you know they went all the time but i would go with them you know occasionally um, and I would say that stopped about maybe age 10 or 11. So from 11 to, you know, into my college age years, there was not much of anything at all. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break, come back in the next segment and continue on with the story, which uh, if you say going into college, many people go wayward when it comes into college. But the question is, do they ever come out of those wayward times? We're going to hear about Wes's story, and yes, food is involved in this, so hang on there. If you like food or like eating or cooking, uh, you're going to hear how that works its way into (laughs) it. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Uh, We want to thank our sponsors, LNN Credit Union. They are a local sponsor of our show because they are a local uh, lender. They help people with uh, commercial, private banking, savings, checking, loans, cars, you need it, they got it. LNN Credit Union. Vision First, they're in 11 different cities in the Kentuckiana area. Six in Louisville alone. If you need your eyes looked at, inspected, you need contacts, glasses, they will take care of you. You are more than just a set of eyes to them. You are a person. And Frank Enterprises, they are a company that does the stuff that you don't want to do. They <laughs> pump out septic tanks, they take care of landscaping and wastewater management. If you got water going around outside of your home that's not supposed to it's not going where it's supposed to, Frank Enterprises can take care of that. And I want to say it, Frank uh, Kurt Frank and his team, that I've been using those guys for years. They are fantastic. So um, okay, so Wes, you know, uh, my good friend Murphy Belding says life is hard. Doing stupid makes life really hard, and uh, that's that was beginning to be you two days before graduation from University of Auburn. What uh, what's 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 going on? Yeah, so two days I graduated from Auburn in December of two thousand and nine. Two days before graduation, 
uh, you know, just out with some classmates. Uh, we're just sort of celebrating, you know, the end of school, the end of college, and, uh, you know, hitting hitting some local bars and that sort of stuff. My, um, my you know, my friends, and we, we just, we were sort of hitting the town. You know, we were all over the place. And it came time for me to, you know, I was going to head home. And, you know, I... I, I knew this. I knew the state I was in certainly intoxicated. You know, I, I can, I considered taking a taxi, but then you know, I sort of puffed up and I'm like, you know what? I, I could probably drive home. So, I hop in my car. Um, I made it about two blocks. I had a, <laughs> I, I had a headlight out on my car. It had been out for you know, a week or ten days, something like that. So, hadn't I hadn't gotten it fixed yet? So. I'm drunk, I get in my car, and I think, you know what, it's going to look real bad if I'm driving around with one headlight out. I'm not going to turn my lights on at all. So <laughs> that's how that's how drunk brains work. I'm going to drive around with no headlights, and that's way better than just yeah, one. The cops won't, they won't, yeah, they they'll won't never, see that. Yeah, that's, that's way less suspicious. So I made it about two blocks, and they light me up, and I pull over in a church parking lot of all places. <laughs> And uh, oh, God has a sense of humor. Brother. He does. I, you know, I look back at that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's so funny. But um, you know, it was just the classic. Hey, son, you been drinking? Yep. <laughs> you know, what? and there was no, you know, there was really no hiding it at that point. They sort of, maybe out of pity, gave me the field sobriety. You know, I had to sort of balance and do a straight line and that sort of stuff. And I was, I was all over the place. So handcuffs, back of the car, the whole thing. And that was. That was at four in the morning, probably. So, I mean, does anything good happen at four in the morning? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm no. not sure. <laughs> so, yeah, arrested in in 2009. You know, they 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 put me in the, you know, in the cell. I was in there with a couple of other guys, and you know, I just I I kept to myself. You know, I was in there for 10, 11 hours. You know, and uh, they served me two meals in there, and I'm like, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> you know, really bland, uh, mushy food. So, yeah. Was that the beginning of God be- to get your attention? I can say that now, absolutely. Yeah, then, the, then I'm sure not at all. Yeah, it, that was, I would consider that one of the, one of, if not the first sort of call, you know, God's trying to get my attention. I missed the call uh, at that time, but I, I look back at that and I think, yeah, that God was, he was trying to, he was trying to open my eyes. A, a DUI is a gracious move by God. You know what? I've never heard anybody put it that way. You're absolutely right. I mean, this had been a pattern of living. This wasn't, you know, this was one DUI. It could have been my seventh, you know. So he was trying to open my eyes to a pattern of living, a pattern of sin, uh, this just really unhealthy behavior, this unhealthy rhythm in my life. He wanted me to see it, and I, I didn't see it. Not yet. Not yet. Anyway. So you're still you're still moving along. Yeah, you you graduate, and then that's when you go to culinary school. Yeah, yeah, graduated from Auburn in uh, 2009. I started culinary school uh, pretty much right away in January of 2010. Um, uh, we, we were in Birmingham, Alabama at this point, and uh, it was a it was a one year uh, very very condensed uh, culinary arts program. So I was in Birmingham, Alabama, culinary school for one year in 2010, and the whole time. You're continuing to see a lady. That's right. My beautiful, uh, my beautiful wife Megan, uh, my girlfriend at the time. We we met at the beginning of college, actually. So in 2006, we met. So she has, uh, she has seen it all. 
for sure. She's so she's she's been with me well, through, through all the bad. What, what now? You're you're dating Megan, but when you got pulled over and got the DUI, what is she saying to you? So she was actually here. She was she was in Louisville uh, at the time. So I'm uh, I'm in Auburn alone, you know, and um, I, you know I text her when I when I left the bar. I texted her and I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm gonna grab a taxi. You know, I'll, I'll text you. I think it was call. I don't, I don't. I don't know if I was texting right away. That was. It feels like a long time ago. Before texting was popular, I said I'll call you when I get home, um, and I never called. You know. So, and my. You know, my phone's off. I don't have. There's no. No one can reach me. So they're like, my family's frantic. Megan, my mom, uh, stepdad, everyone. They're calling bars, at hospitals, restaurants where is he? Nobody can find me. They're sending neighbors to check on, you know, where he's. And they can't find you. He's dead. Like he's dead. He's gone. And then my mom told me after the fact, she said it hit her, you know, kind of mid morning. She said, I know where he is. So they called the, you know, the County jail or whatever. There it was. (laughs) And and, and in the midst of it, in the midst of all of that, God is still going to continue to pursue you. I want I want our listeners to hear. Um, fast forward, you get married. Yep. You, you know, did culinary school then get married? Yeah, culinary school in 2010. I got married at the end of 2011. Uh, just kind of a quick another another episode. I guess I'll mention uh, of God trying to get my attention before I got married. So I got married in October of 11. In July of 11 there was another uh, another drinking incident once again megan was out of town so i was left to myself yet again the the the, the joke after that was you can never be alone because you just make bad choices <laughs> so um you know drinking really really heavily walk out of a bar um i said something to someone I, it's still really blurry i'm still i still don't really know exactly what happened but i said something to someone i get popped i wake up about 5 30 in the morning covered in blood on the sidewalk in downtown Birmingham. I have no idea how I got there. I'm just, my face is gashed open. Like there's blood all over my shirt. I call my parents and I say, I need help. And you know, I kind of came to, I realized where I was. I said, I'm in downtown Birmingham about a little over an hour from where my parents were. And I felt like they got there in 10 minutes. So they came and came and got me. But, um, yeah, again, just a really unhealthy pattern, uh, unhealthy pattern in my life, and I missed that call too. Yeah, so God, God still, He's still um, trying to get your attention, he's trying to get my yeah, attention. The Lord, it's interesting. The Lord will do a lot of different things to try to get our attention. Amen. <laughs> now, now, fast forward. You get married to Megan. Yep. You've been married for how long before you want to start talking about having kids? Sure, sure. Yeah. So we we moved to Louisville in 2012. We got married at the end of 2011. Moved to Louisville in 2012. Um, you know, and I'm kind of a, <clears throat> you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a big boy now. You know, I'm married. I got a. I'm working at Humana. You know, I got a job, and it's uh, you know, life's good. We got a house, and it's 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 all good. So, you know, I would say the drinking, um, you know, the really heavy social drinking that had you know that had pretty much stopped. At least uh, at least the frequency, uh, had, you know, it's kind of slowed down a little bit. But there was some other sin in my life. You know, I got a job. And like I said, I was a big boy now. I was done with, you know, I was done with the kid stuff. I'm not going to do the heavy drinking anymore. But there was a, there was a period uh, at the end of 2013 where I'm, you know, I'll call it what it is. I was completely emotionally unfaithful to Megan. Um, and we were, I mean, two years into marriage, we were hanging on by a thread. And 
you know, it was an ultimatum essentially. She said, Hey, me or me or her, you know, so I consider that sort of the third, uh, the third call, if you will. And I didn't, uh, I don't, I won't say that I got that call either. I certainly chose, you know, I, I chose Megan and I'm like, I'm going to, you know, stay committed to you. But that's when the Lord, I mean, it was kind of like three strikes, like, okay, let's, we're about to crack down on your life right now. So, um, and Megan was praying hard and, you know, she didn't have a, she didn't have a ton of faith. She would acknowledge God, but she didn't really know Jesus. Uh, but she had been praying hard and she's like, we need like something is missing. So, and, you know, and she used to say, let's go to church. Let's go to church. And I would get physically uncomfortable. I didn't want, I wanted nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. So we're going to take a break, come back. And have you heard that story, guys? The wife wants you to go to church and everything <laughs> in you says, I don't want to go. Well, you know what? Take that as a sign. Get in the car and go. Because there's something waiting for you on the other end of that. You're going to hear in the next segment what was waiting for Wes. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. and Type in Solid Steps Radio. You can also go on Facebook and watch this show as we tape and audio because of our great friends at Louisville Podcast Studios. If you have a book idea, if you have a business idea, if you have something that you want to podcast or you want to get, whether it's one time or you want to do a series, this is the place you need to come. Louisville Podcast Studios. Go to podlou, P-O-D-L-O-U dot com. He'll even give you a free one-time show to tape just to see if you like it. And trust me, you will not find better quality audio and video than these guys. Podloo.com. Bright Star Home Care, if you want, if you have someone who you love, and maybe if you don't love them, <laughs> but you still, they need to get taken care of. <laughs> uh, Bright Star Home Care, they take care of folks who, whether it's one day a week. You feel or, obligated yeah, to take care okay, of them. Okay, I don't particularly like this person, but we need to take care of them. Uh, Bright Star Home Care. They can do that because some people need in-home care one day a week or they need 24-7 care. And wherever you are in that decision-making process, Bright Star Home Care can do that. So brightstarcare.com. And also Dan Hart uh, Financial, if you need to talk about your retirement or lack of, Dan Hart can look at your retirement and give you some biblical wisdom on what you need to do. So okay, so Wes, you've you've graduated from Auburn. You graduated from culinary school. You got married, and you're still um, you're still not the sharpest uh, yeah. uh, in the drawer there because uh, <laughs> the Lord's still trying to get your attention. Yeah. But now uh, in this segment, I re- I want to have our listeners. God really begins to get your attention. How did He do that? He He was working through my wife, and I think you know, and I can see that very clearly now. Uh, but He was really working on her, like something's missing something's missing you, you i'm ca- i'm calling you i'm trying to get your attention and she she felt that pull she really felt that call big time and so we would sort of start going to church and you know i would just oh man i really don't want to do this at all and i would you know i would get physically uncomfortable like i would kind of squirmy and kind of like no i don't i don't want to do that at all um but you know even though i was hesitant i would go sometimes i just didn't get it I didn't get it. Like, what? What is this place? Why are there hands in the air? This is weird. I was lost. I just didn't get it. I didn't know what I was hearing. I can't believe they're about to start another song. Can we please go home? I just, I didn't want anything to do with it. I was, I was lost. And, you know, I can look at that now 
And, you know, the Lord, you know, my goodness, in his grace, he was really, this is just a, this is a very long, gradual process of him just chiseling, chiseling my hard heart, you know, the DUI and, you know, getting bloody and stitched up uh, back in Alabama, being emotionally unfaithful to my wife. He, he's just, there's, it's almost like I, my heart was just being exposed, you know, and even, and even going to church, he's like, look at your life, you know? So, uh, a little bit further along into marriage, maybe another year later, we know we, we're kind of starting the kid conversation, you know, we're going to have some kids and, you know, and I'm 27, 28 at this point, I was an idiot, but I was smart enough to look at myself and say, I can't, I am not ready to be a father. Not a chance. There's no way I could I could raise a child. Look, you know, I'm a mess. There's no way we could bring kids into this world. So I would say that really it started to reveal, like, if I'm, if I'm not fit to, you know, so the Lord was showing me my brokenness through all sorts of different things. And one, one day, um, this was in July of 2015, you know, like I said, the Lord had been sort of chiseling, working on my heart for a long time. And I'm missing, I'm missing all these calls. You know, I, I'm just oblivious. But one night, you know, it says July of 2015, I'm sitting in my bed, you know, and this wasn't some, uh, this wasn't some revival. You know, I'm not crying. This isn't some, you know, road to Damascus type of moment. But I, I just, I, I got it right then. You know, and I don't want to minimize that. Like, oh, wow, I'm a Christian now. Cool. Like, in, in that moment, the Lord opened my eyes to the ugliness of sin. Because sin historically had been great. I'm doing what I want. I'm living for the world. Sin is fun, you know, but he finally showed me, look at, look at yourself, you know, and it wasn't like in a judgment, how could you, you know, Um, it was one of grace. It was one of grace in his grace. He showed me my brokenness and my goodness. When, when I could clearly see brokenness, wow, grace was amazing. When I saw how broken I was and that he was, and he, he never left me, you know, never. He was right. You know what I mean? It's like the prodigal son in Luke 15. You turn around when you, and there's a moment in that text when he came to himself. He came to his senses. Wow. Wow. So, it, you know, again, in the Lord's grace, I came to my senses because he, he, he showed me myself. This is, this is you and this, and this is who I want you to be. So, so, so then you you recognize hey this is this is not religion this is not rules following this is not legalism right. this is a relationship with the creator of the universe who absolutely who died for me gave his life for me and you uh, you know some people they they trust Jesus and then you know it takes a long time for them to kind of really get plugged in yeah that didn't happen with you. You, what happened? You jumped in yeah. head first. Yeah, I jumped right in. And really that's because, you know, I, I was going through the motions as a child. I knew I knew about God, but I didn't know God. So, and that was a huge distinction for me. And I could, I could confidently say I was never saved. I was, it, you know, it's not like I walked away from faith and just went through this period of college years and whatever. I never had faith to begin with. So I can say confidently, at age 28, I was saved for the first time. And 
and I dove right in. I, w- I, was, I was not satisfied with going through the motions. I was not satisfied with oh, just going to church. Yeah, I'm just going to go to church because that's what you do. Like I wanted, once I saw how ugly sin was, I wanted Jesus. So I'm jumping into men's Bible studies. I'm jumping into men's ministries. I'm jumping into, and, and I just, I, I was, it, this was nearly three decades I was starving, and I just wanted to eat. <laughs> well, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, and you're like, wow. I'm, I got a taste. I'm going to eat. I'm yes. going to dine at the Lord's table. Amen. Absolutely. Well, I want our listeners to hear, because as as you jumped into rigorous studies, you yes. I mean, you pursued the Word of God. You pursued, but you also recognized I, I want to serve. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk about that a little bit. So there's a there's an illustration that I really that, that really stands out to me that I like to use. There's a there's a guy in the maybe maybe 19th century. His name was Charles Blondin. He was kind of the uh he was kind of the evil Knievel of his day. You know, he's doing tightrope walks on, you know, he's going across Niagara Falls, just crazy stuff. And he, there's, you know, there's kind of this, and I don't know if it's folklore, maybe, you know, whatever the case is, but regardless, the illustration's incredible because, you know, he would, he would perform for these crowds of people and he would say, who believes I can do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just people are going crazy. Who believes I can do this with someone on my back? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're loving it. They're eating it up. And then he says, who wants to get on my back? And there's crickets. So what people were saying they believed was completely inconsistent with how they were living. And again, I wasn't satisfied with, let me just say I believe, all the while doing what I want. I want Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I want my life to reflect that. So I got I to gotta get on the field, so to speak. I got to start serving. So the Lord in his grace has provided a, a lot of opportunities for me to to proclaim his name to advance his kingdom. There's a local ministry called Scarlet Hope. And my wife, you know, we're just, you know, taking it easy at home one day and she's scrolling through and she says, Hey, Scarlet Hope's looking for a cook for one of their for, for one of their outreach teams. And, and you're and you got cooking background, yeah. honey. <laughs> so I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I can cook, you know, so I'm a sort of and you know, that was it's obviously my background. I've got the education um, I had sort of transitioned career industry, so I didn't really do that vocationally anymore, but I still had all of these skills. I mean, cooking is a very good life skill. So I'm like, wow, you know, and I used to sort of be hard on myself. Like I got this, you know, got this expensive education, all of these culinary skills, and I don't use it. That's just all my, my gifting is sitting on the shelf. So I'm like, what an opportunity to, you know, God has given me this gift. I can cook. I know about food. I'm, I'm going to do this. So what an incredible opportunity for the Lord to to give me, to use a gift that he's given me. We're going to continue to unpack all that next segment. Well, I'm getting hungry, but uh, <laughs> we're going to hear more about how God takes, uh, just takes a willing person and helps to feed other people. We're going to talk in the next segment a little bit more about food. And we're going to talk at the end there about not just physical food, but spiritual food. And Jesus talked about that. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back shortly and hear more about Wes's journey into uh, helping love on people through food and cooking. In Jesus' name, we're going to talk about that on Solid Steps Radio. 
we want to thank our sponsors of our show. We're talking about, on the past couple segments, we're going to talk more about it this segment, about being a chef and culinary degrees and all of that in the first three segments. One of our sponsors of our show is Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue. There's a theme today. Well, we, we, My stomach like, is growling. And we like this, this theme. <laughs> you go to Southern Smoke BBQ Catering, KY.com. Try that one more time. Southern Smoke BBQ, BBQ. Catering, KY.com. Forget the website. After you go to it, then you'll realize what great food there's available to you through Chris and his crew. Uh, they are a catering-only barbecue company. And if you have an event, a wedding, a corporate event, Southern Smoke Catering can take care of you. So I'm going to try that one more time. Southern Smoke BBQ Catering, KY.com. I also want to thank Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal uh, will take care of your smile and your teeth. Uh, he's great at what he does, and he cares about you and your teeth. And Southeast Outlook, they have been covering the story that God has been writing in people's lives for over 20 years. And also Veritech Generators, if you have a generator need or uh, have one and need service for your company or home, Veritech Generators can take care of you. All that barbecue talk, man. <laughs> yeah, we got to go, go see Chris Hadley after the show here. Let's go. Um, hey, Wes, so you uh, you, you you get born again, truly saved, connected in the life of the church. You begin serving at Scarlet Hope. I, I want our listeners to hear kind of what you do um, and what you've done you know, in the past and what you're continuing to do, G- give us some details of how God is using your culinary skills in helping uh, ladies. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Scarlet Hope is an incredible local ministry. Uh, there's, there's obviously one here in Louisville. They've got some other loca- locations, Miami, Vegas, uh, Cincinnati. There's some other locations as well. Uh, but the, the aim of Scarlet Hope is to share the love and hope of Jesus with women in the adult entertainment industry. So these are these are women who have either been impacted or are currently uh, in the industry. You know, been imp- impacted by uh, you know sexual abuse. Uh, maybe it. I mean, these are heavy, serious things. Maybe trafficking. You know, really, really heavy things. Um, but what they do is they just. They meet these women where they are, and 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 part of that they have outreach teams. What, no, what they call they call the, uh, the the ladies who volunteer to serve the meals. Church ladies. They call them the church ladies. Church ladies. <laughs> it's uh, the church ladies the, are coming. The with church dinner. ladies are coming, and man, you know what? They just it's not fancy. Like they just they just love them. They're not looking down on them like just some gross behavior. It's like no, I'm I just want to sit with you, and I want to be with you, and I want to love you and encourage you. And it's an incredible thing, man. We we on on the first Thursday of every month, they, and they have multiple teams. But uh, the team that I'm on, you know, the first Thursday of every month, we're just cooking a big meal. And you know, there's a there's a kitchen that we work in all together. It's a lot of fun, just you know, kind of fellowship with us cooking in the kitchen. But it's you know, it's a big process. It's you know, it could be eighty to you know maybe one hundred and twenty servings. You know, so you're feeding a lot of people. We package up this food, prepare it, and the ladies take it. And they're taking it into these environments where, I mean, people are just doing unthinkable things, you know, strippers and alcohol. And it's this, you know, it's a, it's a sinful life, but these women, they, they take this food and they walk, I mean, this is frontline ministry work. They walk right into these places and they pull up a chair and they, you know, it's kind of a, almost like a catered deal. You know, they take this food in and they just say, Hey, let's, let's eat together. And 
You don't do that. No, no, no. I don't you do just, it. You just I'm fix just, the food. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, we're just cooking the food, uh, but then they take it from us. And, you know, the meal is a, I mean, it can be a vehicle to a beautiful gospel conversation. Yes. I mean, a lot of walls can be broken down when you're just sitting down eating with somebody. Uh, so it's a really cool opportunity to use the gifts that God has given me, um, you know, to advance his kingdom. And you take, sometimes you take guys with you and, and help help make them Help make the dinner and yeah. help make the food. Absolutely. Wes, I want you to talk to the guys right now who are not engaged in serving. Um, talk, just talk to them and share your heart. There are so, so many opportunities for men to serve. And, you know, I, I would say that men are uh, generally pretty, um, maybe lazy is a strong term. I, how, how about passive? Men are very passive. Even, even Christian men will wait you know, oh, when the church has a need, then I'll then I'll jump in. When I'm asked, then I'll jump in. Guys, I'll just I'll just address you directly. If you have a gift, even if you don't, you know, even if you don't know what it is, but if you have a gift like me, if you can cook, if you can sing, if you're handy, if you have uh, audiovisual skills of you know whatever, however the Lord has gifted you, there's a need. So serve his kingdom and and do it and do it in Jesus name there are so many opportunities so don't don't wait for the church to bring something to you just get out there if you're faithful i mean part of it is just showing up just saying hey hey god i'm available and he's going to work through you i i used to work downtown and i would just i would just start walking looking for homeless people just to minister to to talk to them and they were everywhere i'm saying hey god Bring me, bring me some people, and on every single corner, and it's really humbling when you can sit down uh, with a homeless person on the sidewalk, and they look at you and they say, "Why are you talking to me? Because I care about you, man. I love you. I just want to have a conversation with you." So at, even if it's not formal, it doesn't have to be an organization or a church. Go find some homeless people. You know what I mean? It could be as simple as that, and just love people. Just be, just be with people. And if you show up, God's going to work through you. You know, one of the practices that uh, I do, you know, I, I need to in, in, in grow in this, but I have never been turned down when I have, hey, can I pray with you? No one has ever said to me, ever, right. no, yeah, I don't want you to pray for me. They'll say, yeah. Um, sometimes it's, it's generic, but uh, many times they have a request. Mm-hmm. There's somebody in their family who is sick. There's something going on in their personal life. and. Yeah. So yeah, I, I uh, Wes, I love that you are just have a heartbeat to serve and minister to others. You are a minister of the gospel. You you are not ordained. You you don't get paid to be good like like me, you know, <laughs> as a pastor. But man, you love to serve, and we just need more and more guys to step up to the plate. Yeah, to do that. Amen. Um, Wes, would you uh, first of all thanks. Thanks so much for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing so your story. So glad to do it. Yeah. I uh, appreciate it. Would you pray for us guys? Absolutely. That we would be men, step up to up to the plate? Yeah. Amen. Holy Father, oh Lord God, we just love you so much. God, I thank you for this opportunity, God, to share uh, to share the work that you've done in my life. God, it was a uh, hmm. a long road, God, a gradual process. Um, but God, I thank you for your grace that you opened my eyes to the beauty of the gospel, God, that grace is now amazing. It always was amazing, but I never saw it for what it was until you opened my eyes. So, God, 
for the men out there, God, for the men who are Christians, for the men who um, who who know you, uh, for the men who've been walking with you. Maybe they're not involved, God. I just pray, um, Spirit, that you would give them zeal, that you would give them boldness to to step into a calling. And if they don't know what that calling is, God, just give them um, open hands to ask, you know, God, show me what my calling is. Show me where you need me. And for those men, God, who who don't know you, like me, for for so many years, I was just astray. I was just living for the world. I was living for the flesh. I was uh, I was running to all sorts of different wells. <laughs> and God, you uh, you opened my eyes. You revealed that you're the only one who can truly who can truly quench the thirst of my soul, God. So for those men. God, I pray that they would, like in Luke 15, like the prodigal son, Lord, that they would come to their senses. Um, By your grace, Lord, help them come to their senses. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you again for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, Amen. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate it, brother. No problem. You know, in John 6, 35, for those of you who might catch this and you may think, I don't want to hear any Bible, I want you to listen to this. This This is Jesus talking. Jesus declared, I... And the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. A lot of Wes's story is similar to mine. I was 28 when I started to follow Jesus too, and I was eating from the world. And I will tell you this, you'll never get filled. You can eat and eat and eat, and it will never satisfy your hunger and thirst. No matter how many women, no matter how cute she is, no matter how much money you make, no matter how much you drink, you will never have that hunger met absolutely right and jesus says i am the bread and you'll never go hungry if you eat of me and if you drink of me so gentlemen if you're not looking in jesus's direction you are going to be a hungry and thirsty man and i don't care how polished you are you're malnourished you're only going to find nutrition in the person of jesus christ so That being said, we hope that today we've pointed you in his direction. If you're not walking with God, you're not fulfilling your destiny as a man to be a son to the Father. Thank you for listening. Pass this along to somebody else who may need to hear this message of Solid Steps Radio.